Good morning. <laughs> my name's Jackie Ambler, and I belong to this church here. And it's my privilege to bring the word of God to you today. Don't overcomplicate it. When I received the planning sheet for this week's sermon, the title, Don't Overcomplicate It, I thought, what's this about? But what is it that we don't want to overcomplicate? It's the gospel, the truth, the word of God. Last Tuesday, my husband, it was my husband's birthday, and we went down to Glenelg to the oyster bar for lunch to celebrate. Now, knowing that we would be having a bottle of wine between us, we decided not to take the car and sent for a taxi to take us to Mawson Lake Station. In the short time that it took to get from Martins Road to the railway station, we asked the driver first his name. His name was Michael, and he came from Ethiopia. He had just come back from Brisbane, where he had attended a conference and a book launch about his church, which was a Christian church. He was excited about it, and in a simple, quiet, and positive way, he shared his faith with us, and he left no doubt that Jesus was in the center of his life. Going back some time ago, perhaps 20 or even 30 years, I was a teacher here in Sunday school in this church. A number of our children brought their friends whose parents didn't attend church. And one Sunday, some of the children asked Jesus to come into their heart. And we were really excited. But two or three weeks later, we realized that one of the children hadn't been back since that day. After talking to her friends, we found out that her parents had said she wasn't allowed to come to church anymore. I spoke with our minister, Ian Anderson, and he suggested that we wait for a few weeks and see if she returned, but she didn't come back. So it was decided he would go with me to her house and we would find out what the problem was. Now, I have to admit to you that when it comes to confrontations, I'm a coward. But here we were on the doorstep, but I must have prayed very hard at that moment because when we got inside, all I had to say was, I'm your daughter's Sunday school teacher, and this is our minister. And then Ian took over. The real problem was that her parents had never attended a church and when their daughter had told them that she had asked Jesus into her life, they were frightened. 
and wondered what kind of rubbish we'd been talking to them. We spent some time with them, but we could not get them to understand. But before we left, Ian read Matthew 18, 2 to 6 to them, which says, he, he called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. I had heard this passage before, but then he continued with this verse. But if anyone causes one of these little ones before who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. You see, the gospel, the truth, can change lives, but God will not tolerate anyone that stands in the way of his saving grace. I know that I have shared with you many times my conversion. What I haven't shared with you is that I actually gave my life to Christ twice. The first one didn't work. (laughs) The first time I was sitting in church... I was listening to the preacher and I really heard and understood what he actually said. At the end of his sermon, he said, if you want to ask Jesus into your life, you can do it now. Just bow your head and invite him in. Now this was my chance. No one else had to know. I didn't have to be embarrassed and walk out to the front. And as I was driving home, I spoke to God again and told him that now he was in my life, it was up to him to do something to prove to me that he was there. I don't think that's how it's supposed to work, really. But nothing happened, and I was very disappointed with him. So some months later, I did come across a verse that said, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let's look at the text that goes with what we're supposed to be doing today. It comes from Kings 5, 1 to 14. Naaman was general of the army under the king of Aram. He was important to his master, who held him in the highest esteem because it was by him that God had given victory to Aaron. A truly great man, but afflicted with a grievous skin disease. It so happened that Aram, on one of his raiding expeditions against the Lord, captured a young girl who became maid to Naaman's wife. One day, she said to her mistress, Oh, if only my master could meet the prophet 
in Samaria, he would heal his skin disease. Naaman went straight to the king, his master, and reported that the girl, what the girl from Israel had said. Well then, go, said the king of Aram, and I'll send a letter of introduction to the king of Israel. So he went off, taking with him 750 pounds of silver, 50, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothes. Naaman delivered the letter to the king of Israel. The letter read, When you get this letter, you'll know that I'm personally sending my servant Naaman to you. Heal him of his skin disease. When the king of Israel read the letter, he was terribly upset. He ripped his robes in pieces. He said, Am I God with the power to bring death and life? that I get orders to heal this man from his disease? What's going on here? The king, tried, the king is trying to pick a fight. That's what it is. Elijah, the man of God, heard of what had happened, that his, this king of Israel was so distressed that he ripped his robes to shreds. He sent word to the king... Why are you so upset, ripping your robes like this? Send him to me, so he'll hear what, what there is, that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman, with his horses and chariots, arrived in style and stopped at Elisha's house door. Elisha sent out a servant to meet him with this this message. Go to the River Jordan and immerse yourself seven times. Your skin will be healed and you'll be as good as new. Naaman lost his temper. He He turned on his heels saying, I thought he'd personally come out and meet me call on the name of God, wave his hand over the disease spot and get rid of this disease. The Damascus River, Apana and Farpar, are cleaner by far than any of the rivers in Israel. Why not bathe in them? I'd at least get clean. He stomped off mad as a hornet. But his servant caught up with him and said, Father, if the prophet had asked you to do something hard and heroic, wouldn't you have done it? So why not this simple wash and be clean? So he did it. He went down and immersed himself in the Jordan seven times, following the orders of the holy man. His skin was healed. It was like the skin of a little baby. He was as good as new. That is a very long passage of scripture. Let's just break that down. Naaman was a captain of the king of Syria's army. He was honorable, very brave, but he was a leper. 
His man... His his men had captured a young girl from Israel who was given the job of waiting on Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, I wish that my Lord were were with the prophet who is in Samaria and then he would be healed of his leprosy. The girl's words reflect a genuine concern for Naaman and his wife which suggests that they they treated her well. Naaman became aware of the girl's comment, and he told the king. Now, the king instructed him to go now, and the king gave him a letter addressed to the king of Israel, and Naaman set off and took with him the gifts of silver, gold, and clothing, And Naaman arrived and gave the the king of Israel the letter. But the king's letter failed to mention the conversation between the girl and Naaman's wife or of the prophet Naaman's king. And he, he had believed that the king of Israel would be aware of the prophet who lived near them. The king of Israel, in response, said, Am I God to kill and to be made alive that this man sends to me to heal a man of leprosy? He then tore his clothes in anguish. When Eliza, the prophet, heard that the king had tore his clothes, he said to him, Why have you torn your clothes? Let Naaman now come to me. Eliza's name means God of salvation. So Naaman came and stood at the door of the house of Elijah. Elijah's home is modest. And Naaman arrives in a great grand manner with horses, chariots, and lots of followers. Elijah sends him a message. Go and wash in the Jordan. Seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. A simple prescription. Naaman is angry. He thought that a man of his standing would have been treated better. At least this prophet could have come out to see him. Aren't all the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be clean? He went away in a rage. Naaman is correct. Expect him except for one thing. They do have rivers where he lives, and he could have washed in them, but he would not have been healed because he would not be submitting to God's will. It is not the water of Jordan that will restore his health, but the saving grace of God. Naaman was still angry. It was a servant who said to him, Sir, if the prophet has said you, asked you to do a great thing, would you have done it? Why not just wash and be clean how he asked you? Naaman heard the words he needs to hear. Pride has clouded his understanding. 
Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a child. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whoever said, whoever shall not receive the kingdom of God like a little child shall in no way enter there. Isn't that a great story? It has everything, anger, rage, stubbornness, gentleness, pride. I am sure that most of you here this morning have experienced some, of all, some or all of those th- things in your life. And I know that some of you have experienced the saving grace of Jesus. But what does this story really tell us? That God will always find a way to bring, bring people into his kingdom. That way is very simple and not complicated. As Christians, we do have a responsibility to share our faith. Our taxi driver, Michael, did it very well in 10 minutes. He had never met us before that morning, but that did not deter him from sharing his faith with us. All ages can come to know Jesus. Our little girl from Sunday school simply asked Jesus into her life. But sadly, fear began to stum- became a stumbling block and got in the way. I am sure that God remembers her step of faith and will continue to be with her. You can't fool God. He knows when you are serious and when you really want him to be the center of your life, like I did. I learned that lesson. It is important for all new Christians to confess that Jesus is Lord. Like Naaman, he also knows when your pride stands in the way of his saving grace. We tend to think that we can do all things in our own strength only to find that sooner or later we stumble. Let's just look at a few passages of of belief and assurance from the Bible. Romans 10.9 tells us, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. John 5.4 tells us, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. He does not come into judgment but has passed from death to life. John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believed in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Revelations 3.20 tells us, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. 
If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and, and they with me. And John 1.12 tells us, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. A child of God. A simple truth. Uncomplicated and a statement which has changed many lives. Where do you stand this morning? Are you a child of God who is willing to share your story and bring others to faith? Or are you searching for an answer? Is fear or pride standing in your place? Is this the first time that you have heard that God loves you and he does want you to accept him as your Lord and Saviour? You will have the opportunity this morning to accept that saving grace. The gospel is for everyone who washes himself in the saving grace of Jesus. It is stepping out in a simple act of faith. Amen.